yeah, gonna just shove me under the oh, bus. Oh, 100%. To save oh, my yeah. own ass, yeah, of course. <laughs> it was him. <laughs> Welcome to Shadow Dive, where three university friends have fun talking about nothing in particular, and you have to listen to our stupid intros until the day we have ads. Uh, wh- uh, we're going to talk about um, more urban myths and legends. Yeah, that seemed to be uh, the, w- one of the more popular episodes. So uh, we figured we'd keep along with that. And it's really fun to research these, as we've found. So, yeah, I love talking about cryptids, man. Yeah. Cryptozoology. It's awesome. So, Seth, you want to go first? Yeah, so I'm going to start us off with uh, the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> what, actually, one of the most popular urban myths and legends. I feel like Duncan Dig Bigfoot, which is probably like the creme de la creme of, uh, of urban myths and legends, but I don't think the Loch Ness Monster is that far off. Uh, yeah, so this goes back to about uh, 565 and the Irish Saint Columbo or Columbia sorry he went to (laughs) (laughs) not Columbo Irish Saint Columbo (laughs) doesn't sound like an Irish saint (laughs) alright oh my god off to a great start Um, (laughs) (laughs) two minutes into the recording (laughs) So he he apparently he stumbled upon uh the Loch Ness and someone had been attacked by a monster. He didn't believe it, but then he got attacked too or something. It's weird weird <laughs> myth to start it off, but uh the Loch Ness is near Inverness, um Scotland, which is a beautiful region, but there's really not much there other than castles, pubs, and alcoholics, and uh, I guess I guess also and nice scenery. Yeah, nice scenery. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Maybe also some kilts with no underwear and tourists. Yeah. So that's what I was getting to. Uh, tourists because of Nessie. Now, although um, Nessie. Although the like sightings of uh, of Nessie were never like they, they kind of calmed down in from five sixty five until uh, nineteen thirty three, so quite a period. Or sorry, nineteen thirty, so quite a period of time. But this couple was driving uh, near the lock, and they had apparently seen this large uh serpent like monster with feet that that went in front of them on the road so this is just the crazy thing about this is like this is literally what one couple claimed they saw He's yeah like, i i saw the thing like, <laughs> that's literally just like one couple claims they see it one time it and then it's just, yeah, it just and then it just gets out of control. Yeah. Wait, 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 hold on. So the first sighting or like the first time the Loch Ness monster was mentioned was like in 500 uh, 565. Like yeah, um yeah. <laughs> Whoa, I, wow. And then and nothing and there was no mention so, of it whatsoever. So until... it actually wasn't like, you know, oh, specifically the Loch Ness monster, but um, but they were saying a sea monster of some type, which is funny because there are a lot of lakes up in that region and it really isn't, um, it like that was a recurring theme where they, uh, had folklore about all these sea monsters in various lakes. So what it probably is, I mean... You know, I don't want to just like call bullshit immediately, but it, w- w- what it probably was is just like them creating folklore to keep kids away, and then I don't know how it resurfaced, but yeah, I guess these this crazy old lady and her husband like 
just you know took too much acid and saw saw the Loch Ness monster. (laughs) Other thing is that like I've I've looked looked it up on like Google Maps and it's a small lake. Yeah, it's a narrow small lake. It's like. I don't like it can't be that deep either. It's just I don't know. Well, I, I, I was like I was gonna get to that too. Um, it's actually uh, two hundred and twenty-seven meters deep. Um, which so that's pretty deep. Which is which is like three times as deep as Lake Erie, and it's almost oh. as deep as Lake Ontario. So it's like not big in terms of like its size, but it's just really deep. Yeah, yeah. Because of the way that the glacier formed it, it it like sunk way de- way deep. But yeah, it's it's really not a big lake. I mean, you could like you could probably swim across it pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. that's what makes it mysterious, though, is because it's so deep. You don't know what's lurking in the depths. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, very deep, uh, and yeah, big old monster there. To be honest, like I think the biggest like thing for me was um like related to the Loch Ness monster was actually like that Scooby Doo movie. Do you guys remember that one? Which one? The Scooby Doo Loch Ness monster movie. It's like one of the newer one. <laughs> the one that has the Loch Ness monster in it. Oh, I wasn't sure if it was like one of the live action ones. No, 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 no it's not a live action one. one. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a cartoon one, but it's Scooby-Doo. so relatively new. Oh, banger, man. So good. <laughs> it's so good. I liked those dude animated ones. I haven't seen that particular one, but I like them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, honestly, I might just go watch that tonight. <laughs> yeah, so um, out of the uh, over 1,100 sightings, um, well, apparent sightings, I mean, so many of these are just BS, obviously, but... <laughs> Uh, the one that stands out the most is the 1934 uh, surgeon's photo, quote unquote surgeon's photo, which was uh, a Daily Mail f- f- fuck, fucking um, doctored <laughs> photo of, of the Loch Ness, which is probably the one that you are thinking of. Like when you think of the Loch Ness monster, it's that that kind of pixely, blurry one with the long neck. Yeah, 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 sticking out of the water. Yeah, but um, yeah, that... it's a pretty lame photo, though. It like, is. It, it, like it's it's really not that impressive. No, and it's doctored. Oh yeah, it, it, it's doctored. Well, they used a uh, a toy submarine, and then just like made made a long <laughs> neck <laughs> so and that is the daily Good mail work. one of the largest quote-unquote newspapers in the uk it's literally just a tabloid but bullshit i mean like like re- researching this just uh kind of cemented my hatred for the daily mail and everything about it i <laughs> cannot stand it it's like turns out these people have been doing they have been doing this shit since 1930s yeah 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 exactly yeah they're just like making this shit up never changed yeah yeah you know racism (laughs) faking the fucking Loch Ness monster man and then so after (laughs) same level after they hire uh quote unquote big game hunter uh marmaduke weatherell which is such wow a that is a name, name. <laughs> dude it sounds like the kind of guy like i i can't picture a more fitting name for someone that for was brought in to <laughs> hunt the loch ness monster yeah yeah, yeah. Weather- <laughs> marmaduke weatherell man they should make like a show <laughs> marmaduke weatherell and uh saint colombo or the adventures of marmaduke weatherell and saint oh, colombo yes. <laughs> the boys yeah um so yeah as uh you might guess this guy was a total fucking phony like a total phony and used a stuffed hippo leg to create fake nessie footprints which is fucked which is creative yeah, it, I, creative but like bullshit yeah yeah, yeah. Well, it's 
It's obviously it's yeah. bullshit. I never no, you know, I thought it's real to begin with. Really tricked the hell out of those people at the time, though, right? Yeah, obviously it kind of brought some kooks around um, the whole Daily Mail thing because this was like the first <laughs> notoriety for the Loch Ness monster and really like brought back that that legend, but made it worldwide. And so, of course, kooks flocked to it. In nineteen and in nineteen sixty one, the Loch Ness Investigation Bureau <laughs> was keeping twenty four seven watch over the lake. Wow! So these Ugh. these dudes just had a van, and they were like consistently looking over the lake. Like that's all they did. Are they like a volunteer group, <laughs> uh, or or like? Do they get paid to no, do this? No, no, this is just who, like... Who'd be, who'd be paying their salary? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. The Scottish like, the government. Daily Mail. Yeah, like, that's all I was like. Are they wasting taxpayer money to look over the lake? It's just some crazy retired guys with their binoculars. Oh, yeah. Looking at the water for 12 hours a day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Literally it. <laughs> I mean, they probably saw a lot because, like, they were probably drinking... Far too much whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> they were probably seeing yeah. things. Yeah. <laughs> Just wake up, drink whiskey, use the old binoculars for a while, call it a day. <laughs> <laughs> Another tough day, boys. Yeah. Damn, we're working hard. And literally anything that moves is a Loch, Loch Ness monster. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, so. <laughs> we really painted a scene there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so so people so people th- claimed that it was a plesiosaur after the um, after the Daily Mail photos because it did kind of look like uh, like this large reptile, and so the the like myth was that it was a dinosaur that just never died. It's an old ass dinosaur. Yeah, like this is some like. 60 million years old dinosaur or yeah. some shit. Like, like, that's a really old creature. <laughs> you just decided to settle in Loch Ness <laughs> of all places. Yeah, the last surviving one. But, um, so, I mean, even though it sounds really silly to us, that was the thought um, at the time. And there's over 85 theories. <laughs> some of the theories include anacondas, killer whales... Uh, elephants that got lost from the circus. I mean, that, okay, that one is really <laughs> just absurd. Yeah, do they know like the elephant is a land animal? Like, yeah, like they just they just get like sillier and sillier, you know. Um, and then it's the alien. <laughs> but from from what can be seen, it's it's pretty obvious that a lot of these claims to sightings are just you know like bits of wreckage from boats um uh, like sea kelp and that kind of shit or well just like not like sea kelp but like uh kind of plants in the lake like so I it could be know. any number of things that just aren't the Loch Ness monster yeah exactly like driftwood like i don't know yeah um but uh even though the Loch Ness investigation bureau were a bunch of idiots that had no job and were probably drunks um <laughs> there were actually reputable people that went in and used sonar so cambridge university uh oxford university and then a couple others in in england they decided to uh, scan the lake with sonar and their findings were not very conclusive so it said that there were some large objects in the lake that weren't identifiable so that kind of like sparked it up again and now this is in the late 60s but uh the the early or the uh most recent um, expedition to search Loch Ness was done by biologist Neil Gemmel, and they they scanned Loch the entire lake 
for DNA, which is pretty like like that seems pretty conclusive, right? But with the with the lake being like two two hundred six something whatever meters deep, it's like uh, yeah, it was a year long expedition. It was it, like it was right. a, it was a big thing, right? It's a really thorough thorough yeah, search. Yeah, apparently they scanned like the entire lake, and so they didn't find any shark DNA, which was a possibility. Uh, they didn't find any catfish. Uh, DNA, which was actually one of the more um, plausible theories, was that it was just like this massive catfish, right? Like catfish can get big, pretty big, like yeah. very oh, yeah. big. Yeah. Um, so, like that was that was actually kind of plausible, but yeah, so that one was ruled out. However, he does say that he cannot rule out there being a massive eel oh that's cool yeah eels eels can also get really freaking big yeah yeah so it there there is a potential that there's like this massive eel or there was a family of eels because like how long do they live even like 15 years yeah well i don't know i had an eel once and it lasted 15 days (laughs) <laughs> it's pretty small but um yeah so like he doesn't rule it out but he basically says that like the entire investigation was just to call bullshit on the whole thing and like make everyone go home after almost 100 years <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so um surprise surprise there's still kooks that uh live out there and you know, use their sonar device. Uh, I saw this, there was this one guy and he like lives out his van. He was like, yeah, I left my wife, left my kids <laughs> and oh, uh, God. It left my job. And like, now I'm a full-time Nessie hunter. <laughs> that's like, it's, that's just sad. Cause like he has to find it now. Yeah. He's literally sacrificed everything. Yeah. Um, uh. And he makes a living by making like models of of Nessie and selling them out of his van, which sounds oh, oh, so grim. He's pretty bleak. Yeah, yeah. He's got like a underwater GoPro that he was using, and it looks so fucking lame. Oh my god! <laughs> but yeah, there's nothing saying that the Loch Ness monster isn't around, but. I think this is like so similar to the Bigfoot one, Duncan. It's obviously oh, sure. BS, but like the lore just keeps dragging people in, and I don't know. And it's one of those things that you can't prove. Yeah, that it yeah, yeah, exactly. Exist. Like, how can you prove it doesn't exist? Yeah, like that's what keeps these crazies coming, right? Yeah, it's you cannot you cannot definitively prove that it's not there. Yeah. Therefore, it, there is a chance. Yeah, exactly. And well, then just the idea that it exists is pretty cool. Like, yeah. even though it's probably bullshit, like, it's kind of fun to pretend and be like, you know, what if. Oh, 100%. And, you know, it makes a lot of money for the Scottish government. Yeah, seriously. It's so much tourism money, just like Bigfoot. So, yeah. Uh, good old Nessie. <laughs> and the crazies that go and, go and see her. Nice. So I'm gonna talk a bit about the uh, the Adloff Pass case. Have you guys heard of? Yes. The... I don't think so. Well, um, I learned this case few few years back watching uh just watching YouTube, but now that I've learned more about this, I don't know if it's just like I don't I no longer I'm boring and I no longer find thing interesting but like this is just not that juicy or maybe I'm just maybe I'm just like reading into it in like too uh like too scientific I think it's, it's like just... this I don't see I don't I don't think there's much of a mystery in this mystery well I just I just think it's really eerie still like I guess it is a bit eerie it is eerie but it's not that mysterious in my opinion but okay we'll see how how you guys how you guys think so the year is 1959 the place is soviet union 
a team of nine students slash recent grad from Euro Polytechnic Institute or UPI. This team, led by Igor Dyatlov, embarked on this epic journey across the Euro and through the territory of the native Mansi people. But a last-minute decision from UPI administration see the team joined by a 37-year-old World War II veteran, Simeon Zolotarov. <laughs> now you can... Uh... You know how I feel when I did the organized crime episode. Zalatala, <laughs> yeah, all these Russian names. <laughs> yeah. uh, his his addition to the team was never explained by the university, so like immediately maybe he's part of the KGB because because this is nineteen fifty nine, and you know. Um, anyways, uh, ten experienced I've season. Heard about this. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, now, now, I, now I'm now yeah. the memory's coming back. Yeah, oh my god, I was there. <laughs> <laughs> you know what happened? Yeah, yeah. You, you, you yeah, let me take up. over, Clay. Like all the memories flying back now. <laughs> yeah, Seth is actually like the key to understanding the mystery. Yeah, this He's is been uh, witness history laying dormant right now. this whole time. Anyways, ten experienced seasoned hiker left for. Oh shit! How do I say this? Sfer, whatever. This place. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> uh, they they left for this place <laughs> on January twenty third, and this was their launching point. And it was here where one of the hiker Yuri Yudin fell ill and decided to return home, while. The other nine continued, so they left for the mountain the、uh, the next few days, and they were supposed to send a telegram back to UPI when they returned、uh, from the mountain. They said that they expect to return on the twentieth, so、uh, the twentieth of February. So when nobody heard back from them on the twentieth and the f- following few days,、um, they decide to send a search party on.、Um, On the twenty fifth, so six days after. On the next day, the search party found the hiker's tent, and it was in bad shape. Let's talk about the campsite first. So it was、um, on a slope. It was above the tree line. So so there's this mountain, and then near the bottom of the、uh, the foot of the mountain is a forest, basically. So. This campsite was on the slope, so it's on the mountain above the tree line. Which the mountain, as、uh, the local people, the local Mansi people call this mountain, Kolats、uh, Siako.、Uh, it's translate into dead mountain, which people like. Ooh, must be cursed by the mountain or whatever. Which I don't buy it. Anyways,、uh, so the tent was cut open. And destroyed, and it's covered in a thin layer of snow. It was later proved that、uh, the tent was cut open from the inside.、Um, so the camp cut open from the inside, but the、uh, hikers' belongings were orderly placed in the tent and around the camp.、Um, so it doesn't doesn't look like they they were attacked. Basically, it's trying to say. So eight or nine sets of footprints was found near the campsite, and following that direction. Uh, the investigator found two of the hikers' body about a, a one and a half kilometers away from the campsite. So those two bodies were they found、uh, they were under a cedar tree next to the remain of a small fire, and they were only dressed in their underwear. Both bodies had been injured, and on the and on the cedar tree found bits of torn skin and clothing. Uh, going back up the slope, the investigator found two more bodies facing the tent, and then they found one more body a few days later, also near near the other two body, also facing the tent. Basically, this is trying this suggests that they were trying to get back to the tent.、Uh, two months later, once the snow started melting, they discovered the four remaining bodies under three meters of snow on a stream bed that is seventy five. Meters deeper than the cedar tree, and these bodies had some like really gruesome injuries that the medical. I'm just gonna skip all the description. <laughs> They were mangled bad. the 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 medical examiner said that 
the injuries were similar to those that occur in in a high speed car accident. Damn. Also, three articles of clothing were later found to be abnormally radioactive. <laughs> so, there's no evidence that anyone outside of the group was ever like near the campsite. So, no murder weapon, no sign of foul play, and toxicology report comes back clean. The official, they don't really have a clue of what happened, so the conclusion was the cause of death was an unknown compelling force which the hikers were unable to overcome. So, basically, nothing. What do you two think happened? Uh, radioactive bear. Almost. I, my, uh, my thought would just be uh, bear attack. So, there are many, many theories out there. Some are more sensible than others. Uh, I'll tell you a few that that are kind of, I don't know, that kind of out there, I guess. So there's Yeti. Oh, yeah. The abominable snowman. Yes, maybe maybe it's that. And it's one of those, like, scenario that, you know, people has a, one of those photo of, a, like, a blurry photo of a human silhouette and boom, like, Yeti. Mm-hmm. So, like... It could be a bear. Like, Yeti and bear are both pretty big and can look pretty humanoid from afar. Could have been radioactive wolves. Yeah, it could be, it could be, it could be that. But it's just, um, like, the campsite seems too orderly to be an attack. So, again, there's another, you know, whenever there, whenever there's unexplainable things, it could be, you know, whenever aliens. there's anything exactly aliens. <laughs> <laughs> so amazing. Yeah. So there were like just such witness. a lazy answer. I know. Yeah, it's like like I hate it. I hate it when people say uh, the pyramid is the work of an alien uh, of the aliens it's like no they were slaves and and also just because we haven't figured out how it, how it's done like how why, why did they like why do they look so down upon humans no it's aliens like, do they think we can figure it yeah, out nah. it's like we don't need aliens we can do that ourselves man nah, i don't nah. know i have so much faith in the ancient egyptian it's like no way it's aliens definitely aliens according to history channel historians <laughs> yeah alien experts is it actually that like, like i've only seen memes of it i've never actually yeah. watched much of the history channel but is it actually i've never watched them but they have like the 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 uh the series like the alien pyramid series just just like, like ancient aliens <laughs> and stuff like that like man why don't you just make yourself a little less reputable <laughs> yeah, I don't know why they went in that direction. Yeah. But anyways, well, I guess, I guess, I, I guess they were just trying to like go to a, a lower audience. But yeah, um, sorry, we're getting <laughs> totally off track. Uh, so UFO aliens, because um, like there were reports of fireball in the sky, but it's inconsistent. Some people say it's this day. Some like some people say it's the day of the accident. Some people say it's like the day before, the day after. Like basically, uh inconsistent uh, reporting there are not many witnesses but there were some like some reason why people have this theory because uh well one because you can't prove it's wrong second uh because the official investigator was forced to censor out this part another reason is because uh, uh the last photo that igor's took in the, in the camera um it was like a flare like like a, a like a bright dot in the middle and then a flare kind of light but it's it's really weak ass photo like it's it's some light it could literally be anything it could be the moon it could be a fire it could be it could literally be anything it's just some light so so it's just some weak ass photo and people will say that oh it must be aliens and another theory is that it could be the mansi people which is unlikely because again there's no evidence of outsider and uh, the mountain is not a holy site, despite the name uh, Dead Mountain. Like, Mansi, local Mansi people hunt and, and do things in the Dead Mountain all the time. So it's not like a holy site or like, you know, cursed mountain. It's not that. And also the Mansi people and the Russian had a pretty good relationship at the time. So, like, there was no reason to think that they did it. And here's now onto some, at least in my opinion, more sensible theories. It could be some kind of government involvement because it was the Cold War. 
you know, there could be secret government military site or some kind of top secret site that the Soviet government really don't really didn't want people to know or anyone to find it, including their own citizen. So maybe, you know, the KGB or the, or the Soviet military killed them because they saw something that they shouldn't see. And not dispose of their bodies, though? Like, this seems kind of weird. Yeah. That's what I think. It's like, these people are pro. They would probably clean up everything. Mm-hmm. Like, they wouldn't have... Maybe, they, maybe the KGB got drunk that time. Maybe the KGB that was supposed to clean up got attacked by radioactive bear. Or radioactive <laughs> whiskey. Sorry, radioactive... <laughs> radioactive vodka. vodka, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Still in Scottish time. Scotland, <laughs> Scotland, Scotland. No, we are back in Russia. Um, but yeah, like it's just like uh, it just doesn't sound like a job done by a bunch of pro spy. If it's like if all if you see like all the dead body and garbage in the tent, everything's still out. It's just yeah, yeah, just too messy. So I don't think this is the case either. And then um. Another theory is uh, it could be a, there could be a fire in the tent. So supposedly there, there was going to be like a cooking stove in a tent. And I never knew this. I guess, of course, these things exist. But like a tent big enough for 10 people and to like have a stove as well. Like a very, like, I didn't know you can do things in tents. Anyways, supposedly there, there was going to be like a cooking stove in a tent. I said supposedly because they did pack the stove, but it's not clear. Well- you wouldn't you wouldn't use the stove in the tent, like if it was if it was propane. There's exhaust box. pipe that like lead out. Oh, that, that's oh yeah, connect those, out yeah, to... the, the, those are those are real. Uh, yeah, it turns out I I, I but I, I've never gone camping. So one day oh, we'll I take know. you camping. I kind of do want to try it. I mean, like I don't think I will like <laughs> it, it be, too much, but I want to do it once. Do at some least. glamping, dude. No, no, no. Some real canoe camping. I will. Man. Oh, like yeah. a portage yeah but... yeah yeah dude like in the middle like in the middle of august when the bugs are the worst or the middle of july sorry dude in northern ontario <laughs> yeah and like algonquin <laughs> man and we we we'll could do, do like we could do an episode except it won't be a podcast oh we record, yeah, we'll record yes. it we'll record it while we can yeah yeah we'll just have like clayton's gopro but, <laughs> that would be so good. And are we gonna are we gonna do some uh like yeti? Uh, I mean, are we gonna do some bigfoot sighting? Are we gonna? No, no, just acid. <laughs> 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 we will we will see bigfoot then. So what you say? <laughs> and the Loch Ness monster. Yeah, hundred percent. Oh yeah, <laughs> in the same place. <laughs> um, but report of spy witness and investigators said that the stove was at a assembled when they found the tent so if the stove cost like if the stove was used and it did cost a fire in a tent it would make sense to me that the tent was like like maybe they were trying i guess they tried opening the tent in a normal way and it didn't work and in uh, like you know in panic and in emergency they just cut the tent open so to you know to get the smoke out maybe but anyway, finally, a slap avalanche was the theory uh, of what the uh, nineteen uh, the twenty nineteen Russian government investigation concluded. Um, yeah, this this case was closed after I don't know sometimes during the sixties I think, and then it was reopened in twenty fifteen. So there was actually another proper investigation in twenty nineteen, and then they had a conclusion which. Like, this is just their conclusion, but it's not, like, definitely what happened, because I don't think we'll ever know what happened. Um, but, yeah, so the conclusion was that was slap avalanche, so that's what they concluded. The night of the incident was very windy. It was up to 100 kilometers per hour. Oh, shit. And uh, a photograph showed that the group had, f- like, so there were a lot of snow, and uh, the group had flattened out a chunk of the slope and pitched the tent like 90 degree against the snowbank, which is usually a good strategy to protect protect them from the strong wind. Uh, but them flattening the snowbank inadvertently weakened the uh, weakened the snowbank as a whole. And as the blizzard continued, the additional snow now stacked 
on top of the weakened snowbank. And uh, sometime during the night, the snowbank collapsed and three foot thick slab of snow fell on top of the tent. The snow that fell on top of the tent probably weighed up to a ton. From the perspective of the hikers, this would feel like the beginning of a normal avalanche. So, you know, they cut the tent open, get out, and one of the uh, good survival strategy during an avalanche, which I'm just, this is just what people on the internet says. Uh, one of the good strategy during an avalanche is to go near trees. Yeah. So, okay, okay, yeah, Seth yeah. can <laughs> it is. confirm. Okay. <laughs> um, so they ran near the tree line without their gear. They started a small fire, thus remain of the small campfire near the tree. And they would need to get twigs from the tree. So that's why we see the torn clothing and skin bits on a tree. Um, but the small fire was never going to be enough. So two people died at the fire. And those that were alive took their clothings. That's why they were in underwear. At this point, the campers probably knew that um, it wasn't an avalanche. So they split into two groups. Some went to retrieve the gears, uh, but they couldn't do it in the dark nights and froze to death before they could get the, get back. So that's the three bodies that were facing the uh, the tent. Mm. The second group tried to build a snow survival shelter and huddle up for warmth. So so they tried waiting out the nights, uh, but the spot they picked to build the uh, 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 the snow survival shelter. Uh, lay right above a stream that doesn't freeze in the winter. So as the group continued to dig into the snow and ice, they accidentally breached the, uh, breached the snow and fell into the stream. And of course, like the heavy snow above also fall into the stream as well, crushing the people. And that crush was the crush that was similar to... <laughs> The high high speed car this crash, is just like a perfect storm, like yeah. everything that could have possibly went wrong. Everything went wrong. went wrong. Yeah, yeah, literally just got so Dang. yeah so unlucky. Um, and to explain the radio radioactive clothing, it, it's actually pretty simple. One of the hiker helped with the kiashim. Uh, it's a nuclear disaster, the third largest one um, after. Uh, uh, the Japanese one and the Fukushima and uh, Chernobyl and the uh, and Chernobyl, yeah. So so this is the third worst oh, nuclear yeah, disaster. So one one of the hiker helped with the cleanup, and the other hiker lived in the uh, contamination uh, contaminated zone. So, uh, so that's how just that's the explanation of the radioactive clothes. It's just not that, yeah. And that's that. Like that's the Atlov Pass. Like it's not officially solved, and it probably never will. But this explanation, like I don't know, it's yeah, good for maybe, me. yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, I just look at this and be like, clearly, clearly, it's an accident. Like some, like some kind of natural disaster happened. Like they thought it was avalanche, and it didn't look like a normal avalanche. And slap avalanche happened very infrequent. That's why they never thought of it. But I don't know. When I look at it, it just looks like there's no foul play. Like even the KGB theory is like so weak sauce. Yeah, like, that's no fun though. Yeah, that's no fun. But yeah, this this explanation is good enough. For yeah, me, I honestly. hadn't heard that explanation before, but that was interesting to hear because that definitely does make the most sense out of the other ones that have been put put forward. I think. Like again, like this is not like this is definitely what happened, but it's good enough for me. It's like it's close enough to be the real thing. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, okay, Duncan. All right, so uh, for my segment, I'm gonna be talking about a couple urban legends from World War One, because there's like a lot of myths and urban legends that are born during uh, wartime, like just any war, really. And the urban legends are, you know, sometimes they involve the supernatural. For example, in World War One, there were stories of soldiers who claimed that they were like protected by angels on the battlefield and stuff. And then a lot of them are also just stories that are like false claims and romanticized accounts of real events, like you know, soldiers stand like sitting around campfire. Like you hear about that guy who 
killed 20 Nazis with his bare hands or some shit, you know, just like, (laughs) that's a big exaggeration, but like, people tell stories, word travels, and stories get more distorted and like more like mythic as they're told. I think another thing, though, is that, like, people, like, especially, like, around World War One, were a little bit more, like, spiritual, and they believed, in, they were more, like, susceptible to believe stuff like the supernatural and, like, seances and, like, stuff like that, so. Yeah, and uh, and I think, like, well, I guess I can't, I, would, I really wouldn't know, but, like, I feel like Warzone also kind of make you feel more spiritual. Mm-hmm. Because there's so much death going around and stuff, like, your brain is definitely, like... Want, yeah, want some peace at time and see to the spiritual side of things. Mm-hmm. So, two urban legends from World War One that are both, like, sort of connected. Just a bit of context, uh, during World War One, there was a lot of naval combat in the English Channel and North Sea. It was, like, a contested area between Germany and Britain. And Germany was, like, sinking um, merchant uh, convoys and stuff like that using U-boats. And the U-boats almost brought Britain uh, to their knees at one point in uh, World War One, And, like, the British sailors and stuff were pretty terrified of them. So, anyway, what I'm going to be talking about is two strange occurrences that happened with these U-boats uh, during World War One. The first one is the story of U-Boat U-28, and this one happened earlier in the war in uh, 1915, and the information comes from the captain's logs. So, like, U-Boat captains were responsible for documenting what happened during their patrols, so this information comes from Captain Von Fossner's uh, personal vlogs. Sorry, sorry, logs. Logs. <laughs> yeah, they, did, they didn't have a yeah. they didn't have a vlogging channel on board, but unfortunately, yeah. day in the life of a U boat captain. Hey yo, what up? What up? <laughs> so, anyways, so this is comes from his personal logs of what he claimed happened. So immediately, you have to take a grain of salt because this is just what one guy says happened. Right. May, may I interrupt? Yes. Um, I just want want to quickly talk about all the uh, like UFO and aliens. Just I I, I just thought of this. Like <laughs> like I don't know why. why I'm sorry. I let, I couldn't help myself. Like the like there are so many like BS UFO and aliens sighting, and then there are some like that are from credible sources, like like fighter jet pilots. These people are trained to. Like I guess what I'm trying to say is like, if it's a random person say that they see. I guess I guess I thought of this just because like you were talking about this is sighting from like a a U boat yeah. captain, which to me it's much more credible than like a nut job just looking into the sky and be like, oh, there's a thing. Oh, for sure. Take a picture of it and and be like, that must be UFO. Yeah. So I I was just thinking about that. So that's why I yeah, like, just quickly it's not someone you'd like expect to like make something up or yeah. like yeah or or yeah or be see a crazy bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe, but <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I honestly, I think some of these U-boat captains were a little bit insane. Kooky. Personally. Well, you, you, yeah. You you get a bit kooky mm-hmm. when you're doing that for that long. nineteen oh, tens uh, submarine must be like oh super narrow like so oh and yeah a lot feels... of gay sex. <laughs> Yeah, probably. <laughs> That's what they don't say about the Navy, man. Hey, the, the patrol's pretty long. Like, you're away from home for a long time. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The things they don't want you to know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so as I said, U-boats were sinking British merchant ships to try and, like, cripple their economy. So the U-28 was patrolling off the southwest coast of Ireland when it spotted a British cargo ship called the Iberian. It was a steamer ship traveling from Manchester to um, Boston. And upon spotting the U-28, or upon spotting the Iberian, rather, the U-28 approached and launched a torpedo at the ship, causing it to capsize and quickly sink. So afterwards, uh, Von Foster and the crew of the U-28 approached the wreckage of the ship. And 
about 30 seconds after the ship sunk under the water, there was a massive explosion under the water and a bunch of debris and stuff shot out. So the, the ship must have been carrying some sort of munitions or something that could cause like a, a big explosion. Right. But this is where it gets weird. After the explosion, Von Fossner claims he saw a massive 60 to 80 foot creature leap out of the water after the explosion. Damn. Um, he claimed it looked like a giant crocodile. And 60 to 80 foot. Yeah. That's massive. <laughs> yeah, it's like huge. Jesus. Um, and it wasn't just him. Von Fossner was accompanied by six of his officers who were observing the, um, the, the wreckage of the Iberian. And they all allegedly saw this creature, which quickly disappeared out of sight. Um, but they were all convinced they saw some giant aquatic creature. So, like, I know how this sounds. This is just one guy's account that he claimed he saw this. But I just, like, it was like what you're saying, Clayton. It's You wouldn't expect a U-boat captain to make that sort of a claim mm-hmm. unless he was sure he saw something. Yeah, like, it's not just yeah. a dot in the sky. It's a 60 to 80 foot big, like, he's claiming something, like, substantial. Uh-huh. And this is the sort of thing that could lead to, like, ridicule from higher-ups or even, like cause them to like lose your position possibly yeah because they just think you're crazy yeah it's like this guy's not mentally fit to be captain he's seeing massive crocodiles leap out of the sea like you gotta replace him uh von fossner was eventually relieved of his command but it was allegedly for something unrelated but yeah being in in a claustrophobic u-boat for months like i probably does something to your head very stressed and yeah and it's as for some of the explanations the cryptozoologists my my favorite people (laughs) they think that uh von fossner spotted some sort of uh rare aquatic creature sort of similar to like the loch ness monster explanations like prehistoric sea serpent Mm. but like let's just like say it's real for a second why would it like leap out after the explosion out of the water uh, that doesn't really make any sense. The U-boat at that point, when they see the, uh, when they saw the monster, uh, when they saw the creature jump out of the water, like they're on surface at that point, like the U-boat. Yeah, so it surfaced, and uh, and then you can like walk around on the top of it basically before it submerges and goes back in. Right. I, <laughs> of course, it wouldn't be underwater. How can they see anything? Yeah. Um, <laughs> this the another theory. This one is pretty stupid. Is people. Some people speculate that the Iberian was transporting some sort of creature on board to, like, bring it to America or, like, release it in the water somewhere, which really doesn't make any sense because, like, (laughs) why would they be doing that in general? But in the midst of a war and, like, contested waters, too, it's like, that just is totally insane. I think for this one probably comes down to, like, some debris from the ship yeah some like blowing up in in a way that it looked like something like i think like we've all had those moments where we think we see something but not really been sure i think that's probably what this one comes down to yeah and they were probably like you know stressed out the whole time Mm -hmm. and like when i was what when i was saying um uh like some fight some fighter jet pilot like spots um like very fast moving object and it's like during practice like during uh yeah, during military practice and or during like regular mission that is not stressful and they would literally drive by something really fast and they literally on com like on comps they'd be like, What the fuck is that thing? <laughs> Dude, look, look, it's going super fast. Like like they literally like they don't know yeah. what it is. Well, this this second one is not very <laughs> like like that one is that one is weird, but this one is just seems very fake. So this one is nineteen eighteen um off the coast of belfast in a british patrol vessel uh called the coriopsis was uh patrolling off the the coast in search of german ships and they spotted a german u-boat off in the distance 
and it was floating on the surface and the ship's crew was standing on top of it and as they approached the Germans surrendered to the patrol vessel um so yeah keep in mind like U-boats are like extremely feared by British sailors around this time and German U-boats surrounding like without a fight like that is just very like uncommon so it seems something immediately something fishy is going on so this was the crew of the UB-85 and the uh, British sailors claimed that the crew was like really terrified and extremely relieved to be rescued or well, more like taken as prisoners but really relieved to be off the U-boat. So the, afterwards they interrogated the UB-85's captain, this guy Gunther Kirch, and uh, the British officers were just trying to figure out what happened. And Kirch claimed that the ship was attacked by, you guessed it, a sea monster. Um, That's right. Something about these German U-boat captains. They're they're, they're all just crazy. This this 1918, right? This one? 1918, yeah. They're just trying to surrender, right? Yeah. (laughs) It's like towards towards the end of the war, right? Well, yeah, it was like, there was still a few months left, but I'll get into the explanations but but what is kind of weird is a lot of these are just like the captain's personal accounts so i kind of wonder if like the crews were just went along with it like yeah yeah that's what i was thinking too like were they supportive of this or were they like oh fuck this guy's a kook like (laughs) yeah he's like (laughs) he said he saw a giant crocodile like this guy's a psycho (laughs) yeah uh the crew just like this is above my pay grade i'm just not gonna say anything yeah just go along with it so what kirch claimed happened is the night before the ub-85 surfaced to do some routine maintenance as well as like scout the surrounding area and everything was fine until this is Kirch's account. Uh, something slammed into the bow of the ship, and then he claimed he saw a strange beast appear and jump onto the ship. Uh, he described it as having large eyes, set in a horny sort of skull, and he. This is just ridiculous. But he said the the crew opened fire <laughs> on the creature like with the their pistols, and the, the creature was like destroying the bow of the ship and resisting the gunfire until finally it jumped back in and then disappeared into the depths. I just want to clear this. So this is while the U-boat is in the port, like getting, getting maintenance? No, it's is in that, the middle of the water. They're just, they're just surfaced just to do some maintenance on the ship. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, like, they were standing on the top. Oh, okay, okay. Um... So the creature did so much damage to the ship that it couldn't dive into the water. Um, So this is what Kirch claimed happened. And then shortly after being captured, the UB-85 was uh, scuttled and like sunk. So like an investigation couldn't really be done. Um, And like, I don't know, like this kind of relates to Seth's topic, but like, I think there's a lot of these cryptozoologist enthusiasts in like the british isles area (laughs) who claim that they see like all these sea monsters and stuff and they all sort of like correlate yeah but like the first one i guess it was just the captain and the people that were also above the like they were also on the surface Mm -hmm. that could see it but this the second one really like the whole crew should be able to like either confirm or deny it happened well from the sounds of it the crew didn't really say anything and it was just kirch who was saying this um that's that's but, weird <laughs> yeah gary, uh this this guy gary campbell who's the official or he's the keeper of the official sightings record for the loch ness monster claims that the area where this where this <laughs> happened is notorious for sea monster sightings my god uh, and this guy said and i quote what the captain said well be uh, could well be true. It's great to see how Nessie's saltwater cousin clearly got involved in helping with the war effort. She even managed to do the damage without being killed. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, like, uh. he knows, like, deep down, like, 
<laughs> this is a bit of a joke, right? Like he's. I don't it's know. It almost sounds like he's yeah, in it for the dude. joke. I don't know. People like convince themselves of of stuff aided by whiskey or vodka, yeah. whatever it is. Because that sounds like exactly what I would say if I'm trying to tell a joke. It's like, oh, yeah. good to see the uh, Nessie Saltwater cousins also at, like help with the war effort. You know, that just sounds like a joke. Yeah, yeah, but but like the thing is, is like these people are real. Yeah, that's the as we said, that's the real urban legend. That's the scary thing, but it's also the funny thing. Yeah, I sometimes, I sometimes like, I sometimes I feel like I deny that. Yeah, like, I want to not. Like I, yeah, I want to deny that there are people that genuinely think this is not a joke. Yeah. <laughs> so, explanations. Mostly, like where most people theorize that what probably happened was the ship uh, spotted like a British vessel and went to crash crash dive out out of sight, but the hatch on the U boat wasn't closed properly, which caused water to pour in. And severely damaged the ship. So just straight up incompetence. No, um, <laughs> and uh, there's like more technical explanations. Like one is Kurt being the genius that he was. Uh, um, insisted on having heating in the officers compartments. And the cables that were like set up. Uh, that went up to the conning tower. They weren't like set up properly. Or they weren't properly sealed. So when water came in it just fucked everything basically but either way it just came down to ineptitude from kirch uh and i guess he was just trying to save face but i don't know why he would make up this story like that makes it that looks way worse on his part (laughs) in my opinion yeah probably a bit of craziness probably that too now now you think he's a bit nuts, but not like but not like wow what a fucking yeah, idiot. Yeah, what an idiot. Yeah, it was just oh this guy's psycho. Mm-hmm. Like this is yeah, now now he's remembered as a psycho but not an idiot. Yeah. I guess I guess that's slightly better than just no, this guy's a dumbass and destroyed the ship by being an idiot. And also I don't know, like it sounds like he was eager to surrender. Yeah. Because they were losing the war. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to say that, oh, yeah, I come here because I want to surrender to you because I know that the war is losing. We fought a noble battle against the sea monster, but it it won. That's right. You have to say that instead. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're kind of like two classic seafarer stories. Like, I feel like these kind of stories have been told since, like, antiquity, basically, about, like, mysterious monsters deep in the sea and things like that. So I just thought that was pretty interesting it's something like 90 percent of the ocean is still not explored yeah that's what i was gonna say like with nessie in the lake it's like oh yeah you can just discount like all this pretty easily you know there's not much that lives in lakes but the ocean i have no clue what the fuck goes on in there so it's like I don't know. Yeah, it's like, so mysterious. Like the ocean itself is just like this gigantic urban myth and legend. <laughs> yeah, like the Kraken and stuff like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. It's like yeah. obviously that's pretty insane, but like, you know, there's the, who knows like what kind of yeah, giant seriously. sea creatures were around at one point. Yeah. In time. Not saying it's the Kraken, but you know. Or even the shit that lives at the bottom. We have no clue what lives at the bottom. Oh, yeah. We really don't. You see where it's coming from. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, we, I see where they're coming from. It's like, maybe these are not monsters, but these are, like, maybe they spot, like, big animals yeah. that we don't know yet. The first time I really, like, because I used to always be like, oh, these monsters, they're all seeing things and making shit up. Like, I used to think like that. But, like, once I saw the, like, the giant, have you, you have you seen those pictures of giant squid or, like, colossal squid? Or whatever oh, they yeah. are, like, giant octopus yeah, yeah. squid. Those are so big. Those are 10 meters long long squid. And once I see that, I was like, okay, maybe there are some like really big creatures and they have just they just made a story out of it and give them like mystery like mystical, you know, feature, but when when it's really just big monster, like uh, uh, big mm-hmm. animals. So yeah, it's very it, it's still there is a chance that in the bottom of the ocean floor that, you know, a sponge-like creatures walk around and get Burgers in an underwater <laughs> burger shop. 
<laughs> the urban legend of Bikini Bottom. <laughs> That's waiting right. to be discovered, man. Oh, I should have. I, I should have. I mean, it's not exactly an urban legend, but I maybe should have done Atlantis. That'd be kind of cool. Ooh, Atlantis would have been cool. It's kind of hard to do a shallow dive to Atlantis. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like three hours long. Yeah, that was a good one, Clayton. Thank you, thank you. Oh, you shallow it. dive. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, All right. yeah. All that right. So with <laughs> that dad joke, we shall <laughs> end the right off my head. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye. See you next time. Bye.